You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, this is God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and I am so excited to have Francie Winslow with us today. I actually met Francie last year at the Illum Conference, which apparently most of my guests have met at the Illum Conference, so thank you, Sarah May, for having that. <laughs> um, but Francie, I was just attracted to her because of her passion for God, her enthusiasm, and just... The beauty she has, not just exteriorly, but in her heart and her spirit. Um, and then I was fortunate enough this year to room with her and just get to know her her um, enthusiasm, specifically for um, setting women free. So, uh, Francie, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Uh, it is such a treat to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so maybe tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Okay, awesome. I am a mom of three littles who are five, four, and two, and we have one on the way. So we have a very active household, and everybody's sleeping right now. And, you know, I'm really glad that this is a podcast and not like a YouTube interview or something because I can sit here in my PJs yes. sipping my apple cider, and it's great. But everybody's asleep now, so hopefully we'll have a good conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we live in Northern Virginia, and I um, do a lot of MOPS ministry here locally, speaking to groups, and I just love connecting moms to the heart of God, and I love connecting people to the heart of God, and I'm in a real mommy stage right now, so it's an honor to be here with you on the God-Centered Mom. Well, thank you. Okay, so tell me, um, I know you went to Wheaton, which yeah. my husband was there for a little bit, so I'm a little biased to Wheaton. Yeah. And my in-laws both graduated from there. Tell me, you gradu- what was your degree in? Yeah, I studied political science for my undergrad, and then I got a master's in evangelism and leadership, which was just a blast. So I got two degrees from Wheaton. And you met your husband, and what was your experience after that? Yeah, I met my husband. Um, I actually had babies from the time I was a senior in college till the time I graduated with my master's. So it was a very full few years of studying and taking care of little ones. And in that time, we moved a few times and um, from North Carolina back up to D.C. And I continued my education through intensive courses. And um, during that time, I actually started blogging. And so that kind of leads me to how, Heather, you and I connected at these conferences. Um, My blog is called Up, In, and Out. And I love to write about connecting up to God, into personal wholeness, and out to making a difference with our faith. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me more about your story. Tell me about places you've been and things you've done. Great. Yeah. So I grew up. Um, in the Bible Belt in the South, where everybody was a really good person and a great Christian. And I grew up in a sweet, small town in North Carolina. And um, by the grace of God, He saved me from my own religious self. And by that, I mean that He um, didn't allow me just to go to church and check the boxes, go to church and check the boxes, but He He showed me his heart. And so from the age of just a really little girl, I 
wanted God in a very real way. I just didn't want to do the right thing and go to church. I just wanted to know God. And that included going to church, but it also took me on lots of adventures around the world because knowing God is about loving God and loving His people. And so that led me through my high school summers I spent overseas in Namibia, Africa, in the bush, and in Romanian orphanages and the Dominican Republic slums, and um, went on to do an internship with a missions organization after high school. Um, where I got to work on the state side of the mission organization, but I also got to go and work with women trapped in brothels and sat in brothels and bought two girls one night and just got to share God's love with them and um, build relationships with them in the context of a local ministry. And just the experience that I had in the mother home of Mother Teresa's dying in the destitute where I just got to see the poorest of the poor and very broken situations. I just, more than anything, I realized God's heart to bring restoration and His heart to not only um, bring salvation for people to get to go to heaven, but His heart to restore systems and nations and people groups here on the earth so that it becomes more like heaven and that the the resurrection of Jesus is a reality that touches people's real life in every situation. So now um, that leads me as a, I'm just a mom and I love that role. I don't do any great international adventures at this stage in my life, but you know, there was a time in between where I was doing all those fun adventures and in college and um, in my early twenties, I realized that you know, I'm doing all these great things and I'm leading small groups and I'm discipling women, but there's something missing in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm really hoping to talk to you about tonight. And I'm so glad that we got to have some time to share because what God taught me was that um, I really was not free. Mm. And I was bringing freedom to all these other people, and I was bringing the news of Jesus and helping them, mind, body, and soul, all the areas of mission work, but um, I myself was not free. Mm. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk to you tonight about my discovery of the freedom that Jesus had for me. And I think, I think my highlight of our conference weekend in, uh, where were we? Greenville, South Carolina. South Carolina. Well, yep. Was um, mm-hmm. some time we spent at a coffee shop, and Francie just shared these thoughts with us, and she kind of led us through some just just good time with God and with the Holy Spirit. And I came home, and it was I was all I could talk about. Like every person I interacted with, they were like, "So, how was the conference?" I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, I just have to tell you about this girl, Francie, and all that she taught me, and just really wanting." to tell everyone and help them like you helped me, Mm -hmm. Francie. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I'm starting this podcast. I've got to have Francie on as soon as possible. So I'm so so glad you're here. And um, so, you know, to someone listening, you know, you mentioned freedom and that even though you were serving God and you were spreading the gospel message, that you weren't free. Yeah. What was holding you captive? Was that an emotion? Was that a feeling? Was that... An, an effort? What was your exact, what was your bondage? Yeah. So, you know, I think sometimes as a good Christian, I stuffed my emotions for what I knew was the right thing to feel or think or do. Mm. And I wasn't, 
Um, I was just plowing through all the right answers. I knew the right answers. I knew the right thing I should do. I knew how to look good, you know, to my leaders who I was reporting to when I was in missions. And I knew how to um, lead in a way that made everybody around me think I had it together. But I realized that on the inside, with time and in the context of community that of people that loved me, I was wrecked with fear. I was wrecked with insecurity. I was wrecked with um, feelings of condemnation and mm. this drive to perform. Mm. And all those things began to be revealed, thankfully, by God's mercy, one at a time, mm. as I realized that you know, in the Bible, we see Jesus healed the lepers or he healed uh, the woman with the issue of blood. But Jeremiah, I mean, Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah 61 talks about the prophecy of Jesus that he would come to heal the brokenhearted. Mm. And I didn't have a physical need at the moment that needed to be healed, but I realized that God wanted to heal my broken heart. Mm. And one time in particular that stands out to me as a, a point I realized um, that I needed healing on the inside. I was newly married and I was spending time in my quiet time. And um, I realized that there was more of God that I wanted. Mm. And I just knew there's more. I don't have all there is to have of God. And I, but there was something in the way. Do you mm. know what I mean by yeah. that? Like yeah. I knew there was more, but I wasn't there was something blocking me from getting more of God. And so I said in that moment, God, if there's something blocking me, would you just let me see it? Because I want it gone because I want more of you. And in that moment, the song, I don't know if you know this song, it's kind of old, but it's by Shane and Shane called Beauty for Ashes. Mm, yes. And it is a part of this, the part of scripture, Isaiah 61. And it started saying, beauty for ashes, a garment for praise for your heaviness. And as I was listening to that song, immediately a memory came to my head of a time when I was a child where I was um taken advantage of sexually. Mm. And it was a place of shame that I carried forever. Mm. And honestly, Heather, it was a secret. I had mm. never told anyone. Mm. And there's um, a Bible verse in Psalm 10 that describes the evil one. And it doesn't say that it's Satan, but it's an evil one. And, it, and I think it just totally personifies him. It says that the enemy devours the innocent in mm. secret. Mm. And God revealed to me in that moment that there was a time in my childhood where almost like a seed um, of shame was placed in my yeah. life. Yeah. And because I kept it a secret, it just kept growing. And every time that I had a feeling of shame or unworthiness or God doesn't love you because you're not good enough, I just I let it go and I just kept trying harder to please God. Yeah. And in that moment, I realized I have an issue with shame where I'm holding on to shame more than I'm holding open my arms to God. Wow. And that song, Beauty for Ashes, came on. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in the still small voice, in a still kind way that He does. And He said, I want to make a trade with you. I want to trade your shame for my freedom. Mm. And it wasn't a big you know, emotional prayer session. It was me face to face with God in my little tiny newlywed apartment. And tears just washed down my face. And I got this picture that God was just washing me 
with his cleansing love. Mm. And he was saying, there's no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ. And I made the trade that day. Mm. And I think what was significant about the area of bondage that I was in was that it was secret. I hadn't told anyone and that it happened when I was a child, but I had let it continue to build to the point of becoming a stronghold in my life. And And, yeah, and you kind of, when you spoke um, to me about that idea of a seed, what really struck me too was was that seeds grow. Yeah. And, and and that's where the roots come from and then the and the plant, you know, the plant comes from a seed. But you were saying oftentimes maybe that seed of shame then grows into a need for approval. And exactly. and it's and it's all these extra um, branches exactly. that come off. And so we deal individually with those branches, you know, we, we go and we clip at this and clip at that. And we think, okay, God, will you help me with my need to please men over you? Or will you help me with my insecurity? But really, I think when you spoke, it was the first time I'd heard someone say, let's get to the seed. You know, I, I, the whole God centered mom thing started with me seeing the symptoms of pride and how I'd kind of been dealing with each symptom, but had never gotten to the root, which was me putting myself above God. Exactly. So I think and this is really. I mean, I think I, I think it's it, it's a huge thing for for all of us to kind of get to that seed. We wear ourselves out trying to be good enough or trying to um, help ourselves. And what you're saying, clipping the branches, it's just like we get at the symptoms and we try harder to please God. And I think the way that I realized I was way off track was I felt like I had to do backflips in front of God to get His approval. Mm. But it was really that way back in my childhood, a seed of shame had been planted. And so I never felt like I was good enough for God. Mm. I always had to try hard to prove myself to him because there was a lingering shame there. And I think it it could be, um, you know, a lot of different experiences for a lot of different people. But oftentimes I think the enemy preys on our innocence as children and plants a seed and through circumstances that that seed, which is a lie against God's character, is confirmed um, through pain or through wounds or through relationships. And if it's never addressed, the root system becomes really strong in our lives mm-hmm. and it prevents us from connecting to God. It's that barrier, which I f- was feeling. And when we come face to face with God and we say, God, is there anything blocking me from you? Is there any root system that needs to be fully uprooted so that I can be free? Would you show me? And then it's not only uprooting this lie or this belief system that is against the truth of God's nature or his love for us, we then replace what was in that, um, what was, what was that root system? We replace it with the truth of God's heart for us, which is why he said to my heart, let's make the trade. You give me your shame and I'll give you beauty and freedom. That's so good. And I, you know, so for someone listening, um, for you, it was shame. Have you, you know, I'm, sure you've taught other people about your story and what other seeds have you heard that, that might resonate with someone else? What have you, what are other examples that you've seen? I think, um, moments that come to my mind are, um, even as children, there's moments where you might have felt a fear or a fear of abandonment Mm. Or um, if there was a moment, like I even know my little girl recently felt I was walking the other direction and she thought I was leaving her. We were at my son's school and I turned around to her and I said, "You, I am not leaving you. She was so afraid that I was forgetting her and leaving mm. her. 
And I just like take advantage of those opportunities with my own children to make sure they consistently hear the truth that, you know, I am not going to leave you. God will never leave you because it's sometimes in moments like that that are insignificant that we have a a moment where our hearts get gripped with some sort of fear or Mm. lie. Mm. which is God is going to leave me or he's not going to take care of me. Mm. Um, I think performance is a really big one where we feel like we have to have approval of other people and that we're never quite good enough. And usually those can be related back to experiences where we have felt um, disapproval by our, maybe by our parents. And a lot of times those seeds and those root systems are addressed by forgiving and saying, you know, I forgive my parents if there was um, a perfectionism held over my head. And then we're free to be who God made us to be and not have to strive with that performance. So I think other things that also um, signify the need for inner healing prayer could be an addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. Or if we look behind us and we see, man, I just have a trail of broken relationships. Mm-hmm. Or if we feel emotionally dependent on someone, like we can't cope without this emotional dependency. Or if we feel spiritually numb or like God is distant or he doesn't hear you, any of those things could be triggers. And we could say, God, is there something that's at the root of this feeling or this pattern of behavior that um, needs to be healed by you? Yeah. Or like, you know, the constant feelings of anxiety, the constant feelings. Fear, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard as even bringing this up since a loom, I've heard people say um, seeds of unworthiness. Yes. Um, that there was kind of a neglect, not a neglect yeah. of, of basic needs, but of emotional needs by parents. Yes. And yeah. so this constant feeling like, well, God doesn't really care about me, really. What I have to say to him doesn't really matter. So, Right. Okay. One, totally. <coughs> One is if maybe your parents were not as aware of your emotional needs. You might feel like, God doesn't hear you when you pray or when you have emotional needs. He's not as interested. He'll provide for your basic needs. I've identified with that at some levels. And so, yeah, all of those things could be triggers not to freak out or be afraid, but to go to God in prayer and know that Isaiah 61 promise that he comes to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. Yeah. And I've I've been in um, Matthew through BSF this year, so this fall, and um, we just got through the chapters where he does all the miracles with healing, yeah. and yeah, and even the paralyzed man. First, he heals him from sin; he forgives his sin, right? Yeah, and right. that's not impressive to anyone. They're not mm. they're not surprised or amazed by that. It was when he started walking that everyone's shocked. But really, right. that was right. the work that he wanted to do. He wanted right. to free us from our sin our and from our brokenness. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, I thought that was good. So, you know, a lot of these things want another perspective on this seed idea that mm-hmm. I'm just realizing um, I don't want someone to get fear about is how we keep saying it happens in childhood. And yes. um what am I doing to my kids? And yes. do I need to feel this weight of every little thing I do is so important to my kids that I'm going to mess them up forever. How would you handle yes. that? Or you, you meant you kind of alluded to it with your daughter feeling afraid. Um, yes. Do you have any other you know, examples? Honestly, I just look at it as the blessing of walking through inner healing because I know I'm going to mess up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the bottom line. No parent is going to be perfect. So in a way there's freedom in that. Like, 
stop trying because perfection is unattainable. But where I have hope in that is that I am aware of um, the fact that we all need healing at different areas of our life. So I walk through healing prayer with my kids and it's not a very emotional big thing. We just say, oh, you felt afraid today? Well, what's the truth? Okay, God is always with you and perfect love casts out fear. So we go to the Bible and we'll look up a Bible verse like that on fear and we'll just replace, just like you would replace that seed of a lie in your own life with God's truth and let Mm. the truth grow. You just do it with them. And so rather than trying to avoid hurting your kids or messing them up, I have of, um, realize every day I just come to God and say, have mercy, you know, Lord, would you lead me today with your grace and give me eyes to see my kids and help them process life. Cause you know, we love them, but also they're in a world that is broken. And so even if they go to school and their feelings get deeply hurt or they feel bullied, which is a huge thing right now, you know, whatever their, um, situation might be learning that Jesus heals our hearts, not only, um, gives us a way to heaven, but he heals us right now. We begin to to even parent in that way. So it's not from a place of fear, but it's actually from a place of faith that in our weakness, he is made strong. And even in that, my weakness as a mom, he can redeem that. And I just pray for more awareness that God would show me, um, even when I do mess up, how to be a quick repenter and come to my kid and say, that's not God's heart. God loves you so much, and mommy's sorry that I made you feel that way. And so I think it's it's not so much of a avoid, you know, messing our kids up as it is walking with God every day and just saying, God, would you just lead us together and having a very open relationship with our kids where we just are able to lead them straight to God as their healer. So good. And I think that could be a book for you, Francie. <laughs> Help each of us know, like go through oh. each of those things so that a mom can be like, okay, I think this is what's going on. Okay, what did Francie say yeah. I should say to my child? And what are some scripture? Because I think a lot of us, you know, don't feel equipped to then go to a Bible and ha- it doesn't roll off the top of our tongues to say yeah. perfect love casts out fear. So. There's your book idea. I've got it for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in such a learning <coughs> process, but I have learned that my kids learn with me. And so mm. if I don't know, just saying, I don't know what God says about that. Let's look it up. You know, mm. Google, what does the Bible, you know, the Bible concordance say about fear? And then you can find a verse and do a word study. You know, it's all about That's the good. process and even doing it with your kids. So That's good. So you're not going to write the book. I, I might. Thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> no, I think that is true. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. admitting that you don't know that and yeah, going with your child and te- teaching powerful. them that skill that yeah. when they're adults, they can go and Absolutely. search God's word. It's, yeah. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay. So um, I want to make sure someone listening really believes they can do what you just talked through. Yeah. That they yeah. can believe that they can. So quickly, what what would be the steps that you would, okay. like step one, step yes. two? Okay, great. Well, you know, as corny as this is, I have about five little R's to make it easy so okay. that anyone listening could just be like, hey, I can run through that little list of R's. And it just so happens that roots also begins with R's. So you can think of like, okay, my spiritual root system. Is there some work that needs to be done there? So the first R would be to recognize, is there something off in your spiritual life that doesn't align with God's truth? And one way to feel that or to recognize that is if you feel when you go to pray, you feel unloved 
or unsafe or afraid when you are praying to God. All those things are big red flags. I think I'm believing a lie about God's heart towards me or about Mm. my identity in Christ. So be aware and ask the Holy Spirit for awareness on um, how you are doing with walking in God's truth and freedom. And so the first thing is to recognize if there is some place where there might be a seed um, have been planted of... um, of a lie. The second step is to repent and say, God, I don't want that. I only want what you have. And it's not necessarily a big drawn out, oh, I'm so such a sinner. It's just a turning point. I want to turn from that and turn toward you. So recognize, repent. The third is renounce. That's simply saying, I do not want that in my life. So for me, I would say I renounce shame and I say it has no place in my life. And the fourth R is replace. And so I replace it with your love and your forgiveness and your cleansing. That was my journey, replacing shame with the love and the cleansing of God's grace and the blood of Jesus. And the fifth is to rejoice and say, thank you, God, that you're healing me. And thank you, God, that I'm free. Um, So those are five R's. Recognize, repent, renounce, replace, and rejoice. And if you could hear my little pencil, I was writing them down. So hopefully, you know, we can share those. Are those on your site somewhere? Um, I can send you those. Okay. Okay. That'd be good. We can have a link. And I'll have show notes um, with some of the things that you've mentioned, some of the verses. and, And so in that, do you have any resources you would recommend if someone wants to learn more about this healing that God provides? Yes, I definitely I have a few <laughs> books and a few sites, so I can list those on your show notes as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Francie, I am so thankful to have you on here. Is there anything else that you would love for the women listening to know? You know what? I would just encourage um, women to... Just rest in the fact that God loves you and that God is good and He's for you. And I think I had to really get to a place where I just stopped performing for Him and I just received His love. Mm. It's like becoming the beloved of Christ is simply be loved. Mm. And that was a big place where I began to receive healing was where I stopped striving and I just decided to be loved. That's to become good. his beloved. And I think that's where a lot of healing on the inside starts. So I just hope that it encourages women who are listening well, to be loved. I was thinking like this will be published right here in the midst of the Christmas season, yeah. which is a reminder of for God so loved, so loved. Yep. The, the whole world, not just yeah. Christians, not just Jews, the mm-hmm. whole world that he would send his own son to us and that Jesus would give up his throne to take on flesh and be born as a baby. I mean, that's vulnerability. And so us being willing to be vulnerable with God and share those secret places, those hard places, those broken places, those yucky things with God, he is safe because he's shown us his vulnerable side and his soft places. And, and he, he, there is no condemnation with him. Any condemnation is coming straight from the lie of the enemy. So that's right. Yeah, taking that time, especially in this season of that can be filled with busyness and we forget that it is about his love for us. Um to really just just take, you know, take a morning, take a quiet morning, wake up early before your kids or 
I don't know. I, I, just, I would just like put it on your schedule. <laughs> like absolutely, like forty-five minutes, and you don't have to tell people what your appointment is. You know, you could pretend it's a Christmas party. I don't even care. I would just say, you know, make that make it a priority for this Christmas as a gift to you to find freedom, so that absolutely. you can love others well, right? Yeah, you know, the Galatians 5.1 has become a life verse for me. And it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Mm. And I just, it's such a simple verse, but the Lord has reminded me, you know, frankly, you cling to fear, but it's not for fear that I've set you free. Mm. And it's not for religious perfection that I've set you free. Mm. And it's not for all these traps that I've so easily fallen into. It's for freedom. Mm. And that is for real. You know, I think in my religious mind, I just think, oh, that's just a nice verse. That sounds really good and perfect for the Bible. It's perfect for us. And it applies to us that we were made to be free. Because the truth is, free people set other people free. Right. And I don't want to live wounded. I want to live free so that I can be fully alive for Him. And that is exactly why Jesus came to set the world free from our bondages. And it starts just with our hearts before Him. It's so good. There's yeah. um, this, it's in like our Dr. Seuss book, but it wasn't written by Dr. Seuss, but it's a children's story. Oh, A Fly hmm. Went By. It's called A Fly Went By. Have you ever read that book? No, I have to write okay. that down. So it's a little boy and he's sitting there and a fly goes by and then it's like, and then a frog goes by and he's chasing the fly and mm-hmm. then it's like one animal's chasing the next, chasing the next and and the one in front thinks that the one behind is chasing them. They're like running hmm. away in fear. And the anim- and the boy talks to that animal, and they're like, no, I'm not chasing the fly, or I'm not chasing the frog. I'm trying to get away from the animal behind me. Hmm. And they're each chasing each other, not trying to get the one in front of them, but in fear of the one behind them. Hmm. And the whole chain actually started with a little tiny lamb whose foot is stuck in a can, and oh. the farmer's scared of him. But it's the fact that no one stopped and freed the lamb. Mm. To me, it was like this. I was reading with my boys after you and I got together. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is it. When Jesus told his disciples, he said, go to the lost sheep, Mm -hmm. the broken, and Mm -hmm. share the good news with them. You know, I I think it's even Ezekiel says, "Go go to the broken. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus said, "I came for the broken," yeah. and and they were all running in fear for their own mm. self, yeah, um, and not even looking at well, if we would have just taken care of this one little lamb who was whose foot was stuck in the can, we could have all saved ourselves a lot of energy. So I think um, you know, I'm just hoping that the little lamb who's listening to this, we can mm. just all come together instead of all busying ourselves with our own fears and busy and running rant like crazy people at Christmas that we can just set one lamb free and um stop it yeah just stop it just stop it well um thank you Francie for your time I really appreciate it you're so welcome and I hope you have a fabulous Christmas thank you you too it's such an honor to be on your podcast tonight I appreciate you having me well of course I hope you're a regular you are a wonderfully talented lady and Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew. 
that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.